the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Okay, so if you can leave now. She's wide awake today. Well, she knows we're talking to we're talking to a fellow lab owner today. Oh, that's Briggs. right. We are. That's right. We need to get Briggs and Sophie together inside Brandon's house. Oh, that would be <laughs> something. And start throwing the blue ball. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, welcome into Woods and Water, South Carolina. Um, I'm your host, Roger Metz. I'm joined by co-host, my co-host. Or, you know. Leader Sidekick. of this whole thing. No, leader of this yeah. whole thing. And Taylor, we're going <laughs> to skip and get right to it because we got, we got a good one. We do. We hooked a good one today. He answered we... the phone when he shouldn't have. And <laughs> you got hook. that? You get that? Good okay. job, Dad. Did, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> got the South Carolina Greenwood's own Elite Series Pro, Brandon Cobb. Brandon, welcome back. I mean, I did a, I did a, actually keep up with a list of everybody that's on the show. And, dude, you're mm-hmm. racking up some points. I think I've been on quite a few times. <laughs> oh, quite a few times. It's funny. It's I just looked. It's been seven years since I started this thing. Man, I, 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 I think I was on. I think fifteen was my first year. First year. That's right. Um, on that because that was the first cup I fished, that's and I right. remember I went. We went on, or we did a show when I was in pulled over in a yep. parking lot in Memphis, Tennessee. Yep. That's it. That's it. And it's it's been a. It, we've had a lot of fun. Uh, it's six years since he's been on. <laughs> six years. Uh, the first time. Yeah, yeah, this is the first time. And you think he quit answering the wow. phone by now? I mean, <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it. You well, said I'll it. say it. I mean, I'm, I'm, it's okay with me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it's been fun. It's been I, and watching you, man, all through all those FLW years, and now on the Elite Series, um, man, it, it's it's been a it, it's been a good ride for you. It's been good. It, it has. It's uh. It's really these last few years have been especially good. It's been I'm really enjoying the Elite Series. It's a good change, I guess. After not that I've been doing it that long, but five years at the tour is kind of sure. just start to a career, and I feel like the Elite Series has no telling where it could go. No, and and it's going nowhere but up. And we all knew that was what was going to happen. You're just uh, I, I've never seen somebody so unflappable. I mean, you just you just don't. I mean, even when you you just don't. Get excited, at least outwardly. I mean, I don't know what's going on inside you, but outwardly, I mean, you're just the same Brandon Cobb that's just out there to fish and have a good time. I try to be. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it's not always a good time, even if okay. I don't act like it. Okay. You, you never know. Well, you hide it well. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> wow. So we're starting off a new season. Do you have any new sponsors this season, or you still stay um, the same old? I've pretty much been with all the same companies since the start. I, uh, working on one, not, I've kind of used their products for a long time, but I've okay. kind of built a little partnership with Dometic, which a lot of people don't huh. know what Dometic is. It's actually Seastar. Ah, they own okay. Seastar, which, uh, like boat parts. Everybody right. uses it. They just don't really think about it. See, everybody and, start, thinks of Seastar <laughs> hydraulic steering. 
Hydraulic steering, yep. yep, and they actually have jack plates, you know, your typical okay. gas pedal. They have everything. And I've been using it for years. It's just, uh, the, it, it, and saltwater, it's, it's always been huge in saltwater. Yes. If anybody's yes. ever gone saltwater fishing, probably has used 100% sea star products, whether they realize it or not, but kind of making more products for bass boats and things like that now. And I see you were just down at Falcon outfitting your boat and getting it rigged up. Yep. I was, yep. I went to, uh, got my boat a couple of weeks ago. I wanted to change a few things on it. So I went back down yesterday and we worked on some stuff. I was down in Florida last week doing a little filming with arc rods and wired the fish. So. And how did that go? Did you, I know you, the, I know the we... fishing was <laughs> lackluster, <laughs> but it was a fun time. Yeah. But we'll just kind of leave it at that. Okay. It was it was fun filming. I don't know about okay. the catching okay. part. Because I know you tell you, you, you when I talk to you, you're like, uh, there ain't no fish in Okeechobee. No, no, Okeechobee's gotten pretty. I think it was actually, it's still decent at times. I think okay. we were just, it, from what I've learned about Florida fishing, the weather's so, uh, I guess it's like kind of the same all winter down there. Like it'll be cold a couple of days and hot right. a couple of days. It's kind of the same all winter and it just kind of goes in waves of fishing okay. like it could be hot and they're still not biting basically ah. and because like two weeks ago they would have supposedly been biting real great and it was just kind of a, a slow time when we were there so you got the should have been here last week treatment huh mm-hmm. okay we did and there's some there's some new waters down there that uh, we wanted to go to but they're down like 10 to 15 mile gravel roads and i never put my boat in the water before until i went down there so i didn't really want to tow it down the gravel road i know which road you were going down well, that, the one you're thinking of is probably Kinsville. Yeah, Kinsville. Yeah, I don't think so. What it is? There's actually huh. a new place in the Stick Marsh called Headwaters that they just opened this year. Oh, really? And they've been managing it for like five years. Wow. And and it's supposed to be unreal, but we never made it there, so we just kind of did our filming thing on Okeechobee, caught a few, okay, got got done, got some good content anyway, though. Okay, cool. Well, it's uh, you gonna pick up here, or are you just gonna? Well, all my stuff has got to be detailed, so I'm going to wait for the next segment. Oh, detailed. Ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds impressive. I feel like I'm getting interrogated. Yeah, really. What am I not impressive, Dad? <laughs> it sounded wow, ominous. It did. It really did. Hey, but, y'all. Uh, <laughs> what happened to me like that? Hey. What, uh, okay, well, I've got, I've got a good one for you. Uh, the move from March to uh, June for the classic. Yeah, so I'm actually... I mean, the, to me, I don't know that it really – Ray Roberts, I don't know how it fishes in the summer. I have been there before. I was there when you ago. were there. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I've been there before. 15, that's yep. right. But it's – I think the fishing will still be good. Obviously, it'll probably be better in March. But okay. I think it'll still be good in the summer. What I hate, summertime, like, elite series, like, pro-level tournament fishing, what I hate about it normally is the fish get – a lot of lakes, the fish get in big groups, and there's 10 places on the entire lake uh, where you could potentially win, okay. and everybody knows about them. With the way electronics are now, everybody knows where they all are. It's just who gets on the place. Yeah. Well, yep. and I don't think Ray Roberts is going to be that, just knowing the way it lays out. I think it's going to be more of, it might be deep fishing, but it's going to be like two or three fish here, four or five here. Okay. I don't think it's going to be like annoying that type of fishing. And Pickwick, on the other hand, which got swapped, to March because it was in June. Right. Pickwick is that type of fishing that's annoying and I don't like, really. <laughs> so with Pickwick getting moved to March, probably won't have to deal with that grouped-up type fishing now. Okay. 
So I think it'll actually, the classic, yeah, the fishing might be a little worse, but I'm, I really like Pickwick coming to March rather than being in June. <laughs> so I like the move. Oh, that's a good one. What do you, what do you, what are your thoughts on Lake Ray Roberts as the summertime playground for Dallas and Fort Worth and all? Uh, well, I, just from being there in the past. Okay. I don't see recreation being that big of a nightmare there. Maybe in half the lake, but the other half has so many trees. Right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, yeah. It's worse than Fork. It's worse than any lake I've really ever been to with trees. Yeah. So I don't see the traffic being that bad. The okay. only thing that I think could be kind of a negative for the Classic, which I'm not saying it's a negative for the anglers, but as far as, like, the fan perspective, okay. it's kind of a rough lake to, you know, you get those boats falling, oh, like, yeah. the leaders around yeah. stuff. I just don't see that really happening much at Ray Roberts because it is so hard to get around. You're right about that. I, you know, that once you get past those big posts or whatever, mm-hmm. it's, it's just pretty scary. Trees. That, exactly. And I, I mean, it'll be it, from the angler perspective. I mean, I love having fans follow me, but it can be make it tough to fish sometimes. Yeah. And it'd be, it, it's just, it doesn't seem like a great spectator lake to me, but I think it'll be a good tournament, a good a lot of fish catches and things like that. Cool. Yeah, I remember that. That was uh that was the last time in twenty fifteen was the last time they actually took the best elites and the best FLW and put them together. That's right. Yeah, I think I got to go and I actually got in by default that year. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, they took fifteen and fifteen and I think I was sixteen. <laughs> but but they um the I think it was Wesley Strader actually at the time had was fishing the Bassmaster Opens, qualified uh-huh. for the Elite Series, and the Open and that was on the same day, so he opted out of it. Oh wow! And I got and I got in by default. <laughs> cool. All right, well, y'all hang on through the break. We're gonna get into Taylor's technical stuff. I hope Brandon doesn't hang up over the break. Scare him off. So y'all hang on. We'll be right back with more Woods and Water, South Carolina. <laughs> Picking more of my bumper music. I'm proud. I'm trying to throw one in every once in a while. I'm proud. Keep you interested. Who sings it? Chris Stapleton. How did you know? You probably looked at it when you put it on. I plugged in the music before the show came on. How else do you think I know the music? Uh (laughs) Welcome back to Woods and Water, South Carolina. Dad, we need to educate you on country music. I'm good. Brandon, do you enjoy that kind of music? Uh, I, I'm not a big music person. I think we talked about this before. I think we did, yeah. You don't listen I mean, to like, music I don't listen to it, but yeah. I couldn't tell you any okay. words, any songs, any artists. Like, I just, I don't it's listen pretty to bad when, It's pretty bad when the guest remembers what questions you've asked him for the past <laughs> years. What's this girl like he knows you two are? <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, carry on. Me carry on. Yes, carry on. So, they made it sound like I was about to... I don't know, throw some hands on this question or something like that. But they're actually really not that hard. Uh, So you came out with a new series of rods with Arc Rods, didn't you? I did. Yeah, we've been – so they they released about, I don't know, probably a month and a half ago now. But I've actually been using them for two years years, probably, Mm a year and a half to two years. And – 
kind of got them fine-tuned over the time. We had a bunch of prototypes I ran through and kind of got them to be my, – my goal was I think I have 14 models. Okay. My goal was to basically if you wanted to only use my rods, you can do – there is a rod for basically any technique. Right. Uh, between those 14 models. Aside from I didn't make a deep cranking or a heavy punching rod because that's just not – something i do a ton okay and i i didn't want to I, I didn't feel like my punching rod would be better than randall tharp's punching rod so i just left that one for him but uh we i've got 14 models with about everything and it, from a couple spinning models to others and i've been fine to them like th- there's just a lot of rods that like for example i love to throw a buzz bait you know that and for years you i've never found <laughs> Never. But, I, have, uh, I, have, I have to interrupt here. I have to, I have to oh take boy. a second. Oh, boy. Because in one of the cups on Washita, oh, no. you couldn't find me in the fog. I couldn't find him in the fog, but he told me where he was. So we got as far back as we thought we could do, cut off the motor, and we're sitting there. I hear this. I said, he's right over there in the fog. <laughs> That's the wing on the buzz, mate. I know that sound anywhere. Okay, carry on. I remember, I yes, remember that. Carry on. But, like, for instance, like a buzz bait rod. I've, I mean, I've used art rods for the past few years, and, like, I could I could throw a buzz bait on a lot of them. Obviously, I have for, like, three, four years. But, like, I've tailored some rods. Like, I've got a specific – it's called the buzz burner. It's, like, exactly far – a buzz bait. Like, okay. I, just some of my go-to techniques. I want rods, like, around here in South Carolina, we all love to throw, like, big walking baits, like heavy ones, you know. And there's just no rods on the market, really, that are designed for, like, a big topwater, like a, a rod that you can throw a, you know, three-quarter to one-ounce topwater, yet still work it and it doesn't wear you out by the end of the day. So I designed, like, one called the walking stick for for techniques like that so that's basically what i did just tried to make some specific rods for my style of fishing and i looked back at some of the names of these rods <laughs> heartwell magic yep. and fairy one that's just creativity fairy one that's what people call me when i have to start fly fishing <laughs> they call yeah, the, you a fairy well, one like you're throwing a fairy oh stick. i was like fairy one yeah i'm oh. proud of all, all the names me and my uh fishing partner from when i was like I don't know, 13, 14 years old, we were on the phone for like four hours one day <laughs> just coming up, coming up with names of everything. And we did really good on 13 models. Uh-oh. But there was one rod, my 7-2 medium, we literally couldn't think of a name for, so we named it one more. One more. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we, we sat there for hours like we got nothing. So it's one more. <laughs> well, 13 out of 14 ain't bad. Yeah, I'm about to say. <laughs> now, does, does he get royalties for helping you name the rods, or you just give him one every once in a while? I guess he sort of did because he got a set of rods. Oh, so, a set of rods. <laughs> so, yeah, he kind of did. But it, uh, And the one thing, too, I wanted to make them – a lot of people – that they see like pro model rods and you either got like a $300 rod is what the pros use, like, right. like a signature model, you know, or yep. you've got one where they might not be using exactly what their real rod is. Well, mine, I wanted to make their $99 retail and that's what I wanted to do. Make like a, you know, easy to purchase rod that I can still use that is good enough to use in pro level tournaments because I'm truly using my $99 rod. Yeah, I was just going to say you're using your rods. Exactly. Yep. And that's 
that was uh, the price point we felt like we could still make a, you know, high-end tournament-level rod without getting too expensive. Hmm. I, I'm, I'm still impressed by those names. <laughs> I like them. I do, I, mean, I got do, too. Old Faithful. Kitchen Sink. Long Game. Yeah. Uh, like my 7.5 is Flippy Floppy. Flippy Floppy, yeah. <laughs> I'm especially taken with the fairy wand, though. That's uh, especially. medium light, extra yep. fast, 7.3. Seven, 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 yeah. That, that rod, that's a that's a pretty unique rod. A lot of companies don't make one. I made it, it's for basically for smallmouth fishing up north. Okay. Or throwing... You know, around here we throw a lot of small swim baits in the fall, especially right. like you need uh, like a like a little bitty swim bait on like an eight ounce jig head to mm-hmm. school and fish and things. It works good for that too. Hmm. There you go. Well, new season, new experiences, but this isn't this isn't going to be as new for you. Y'all are going back to Lake Fork, um, mm-hmm. April twenty second through the twenty fifth, and you've had some good experiences in Lake Fork. <laughs> I mean, twenty nineteen for example, one hundred and fourteen pounds. Yep. I mean, how did how are you feeling about going back? I mean, it's about two weeks apart from where it was in 2019. How are you feeling about going about this? Are you going to fish it the same way? What are your thoughts? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously I love Lake Fork. That was probably one of the best weeks of fishing I've ever had. But it's a little, just from past experience, it's always kind of nerve-wracking going to a lake where you've had a lot of success because – Either it's easy to do one of two things that can steer you wrong. Number one, you either just fish all the same tight places and stuff where you caught them in the past, because it'll be like you said, it's very close to the same time of year. And so you try to do the same thing, and maybe that's not going on, and then you get hung up doing that. Or it's easy to everybody knows basically all the places I caught them and how I caught them. So I like to set myself apart, and you get there, and it's it's hard to fish the places where you know the entire field already knows you caught them. <laughs> and it could be the thing happening again. I mean, it literally could be the same, you know, 12 places I fished. could be the places to win the tournament again. Wow. But it's hard when you know everybody else already knows about them. Right. It's, it's kind of a weird situation. So you got to be careful when you've had success like that. But it, it that time of year is kind of like that transition from, like, spawning to immediate postpone to even like could be already like kind of early summer type stuff. I know it's early, but it's a little warmer down there. And like the last time we were there, it was like a really cold winter or late year. Yes. There was still a lot spawning. Like some of you saw the really big fish I called and a lot of them were actually still spawning and that shouldn't have been happening still last time we were there. I know this one's like two weeks earlier, so it could be a heavier spawning tournament or if we have a warm, you know, early spring, late winter, then it might be farther along. So it's kind of – it's hard to say exactly what will be going on there. I'm excited to go back, but it's uh, it's kind of a nerve-wracking tournament just because of history there. History. It's, it, it, history, you know, everybody always says, like, local. Like, at Hartwell, they say, like, local knowledge can be – it can make you win or it can be, like, the kiss of death. I feel like knowing just enough like that is almost worse than local knowledge. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so Which makes sense. You, yeah, you just have to be careful, careful about how you approach it, right. and kind of use what you use your history there rather than than uh, kind of rely on it or focus or like ignore it too much. And you have a you have a constant reminder of Lake Fork on your wall, do you not? I do. Yeah. That was my. Uh, I've got that 
the 11 pounder I thought. I got a replica made of it. Or, well, I didn't. My wife did. Yeah, Amy yeah. got me one for, yep. uh, for Christmas, uh, last, last year, I think. And, and that was the one, if I'm not mistaken, that you looked at on the bed and said, I think that's a five or six pounder. Is that the it same is. fish? It is. And you were throwing like a spinning rod at it, weren't you? You're not. No, I threw it one time. Okay. And then I realized okay. it was a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a five or six. That one might be eight. I think it's a little bigger. It's eleven pounds, one ounce. Eleven one. That yep, was it hilarious. Was, it was uh, definitely the biggest one I've ever caught. So, yeah, that was. I, I actually hope when we go back there, it would be cool for it to be like last year. With I mean, as a hundred or the year before was a hundred pounds, so obviously it was really good fishing. Right. But I think it could be. I'm not saying weight wise any better. Yeah. But the fishing could be even better if it was more a little bit earlier than we were there okay. last time. Like th- throughout the field, better, not just top end. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. In other words, you wouldn't have you two, the two of you. What uh, Garrett Paquette, I think, had 101. Yeah. 114, and then it was what? I mean, it was a long way for the next. Yeah, years. it was like low 90s or yeah. 80 something yeah. even. So, so it could be. I, I think if. If the stars lined up when we were there that time of year, you could see, like, you know, the whole top ten near 100 pounds or over. Wow. That would be a fun tournament to that watch. That would be a very fun tournament. And, you, and, on, and on Fox Sports this year, too. That's right, yep. I think they actually aired some of the 19 and 20 shows on Fox Sports recently as well because I had a lot of people message me and said, hey, you're on TV. Oh. And <laughs> I actually don't even have cable anymore, so I didn't know. Cut the cord, did you? I did. Oh. <laughs> good. Uh, well, we got about a minute left, maybe a little more than a minute. It is February. Uh, I think we're kind of into the 30s and 50s for a month or two. What, uh, real quick, guys fishing in South Carolina right now, what do they want to be throwing and where they want to be when they throw it? Probably in it, just as a whole for our state in general right now, it's there should be – a really good like shallow bite come in between a crankbait and a jerk bait is what that's the way you win tournaments usually in February is the fish are starting to stage up there'll be a lot of big fish starting they want to come up shallow okay. and especially because we get it we've been been getting and probably will continue to get a good bit of rain okay we, we have some dirty water and that makes them come up even shallower and so just crankbait and jerkbait on shallow rock little points things like that I like a I use a Yozuri 3ds Okay. Crankbait, it's uh, just a, like a crawfish color in a drink, crankbait, and jerkbait, just a natural shad color. And it, uh, it, you pay attention because a lot of times it'll be it'll be tough fishing, but you'll find like one point with, you know, a bunch of fish on it. So it can, uh, that one bite could be an area to sit all day and catch them. That's what's cool about February. Very cool. Well, Brandon, as always, thanks for taking time to be with us, man. Uh, look forward to watching you this season. Look forward to seeing you out on the water some. And, uh, hey, invitations to get on Taylor's boat with us anytime still open. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate it. I, uh, I need to get back to fishing. I, I, last week was about the first I've fished since November. So. Wow. All right, ma'am. <laughs> Take care. We'll talk to you later. All right. Thank you for having me on. Yep. Give me a bottle of anything and a glazed donut to go. go, go, go. Go what? ahead. What it's all written what all over your face. What is wrong with you? What is this music? No, no. Keep going down. Keep bringing it down. There you go. Down. Come on.
No, no, you stop moving. Move it down. There we go. Ah, that's better. I could tell you were going to get it. That music is there for a purpose. It, nothing it happens on the show without a purpose oh, most of the time. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Well, do explain. You, you heard the to go 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 go. <clears throat> I mean, if that if that says anything about a person, then that's Patrick. Really? To go. Hmm. I gotta go. I gotta go. Hmm? Riding a boat with him. He gotta go. He doesn't know how to sit down and fish for any more than like fifteen or twenty seconds on a single <laughs> spot before he's gotta go. <laughs> oh man! Well, well, welcome back to Woods and Water, South Carolina. Hope you enjoyed what we had with Brandon last time, um, and we figured we'd just book in that with another guy on the Elite Series from South Carolina who's been to Lake Fork, crunched the century mark. So, called up Patrick Walters, and he's on the show with us. Patrick, that music was for you. That was specific. You know, you got to go, and Patrick's got to go. He's got to go, right? Yeah, absolutely. Roger, thank you for having me. <laughs> Taylor, good to be here with y'all this morning. And, uh, you know, it's funny, the, the older I get, uh, and I, I got a good buddy I travel with, Justin Hammer on the Elite Series. Okay. And, uh, he always gives me a hard time because I'm like, you know, I'm not that impatient. I'm like, you know, we'll just fish, we'll just fish this spot for a minute, take our time. And, or like, we'll go into the grocery store or something. He's like, Patrick, why are you running? <laughs> and then they say the same thing too. It's like, I'm coming home. She's like, Patrick, slow down. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I'm really taking my time. She's like, what are you doing? And Justin says the same thing. He said, you are probably the most impatient person I've ever met. And I was like, well, I don't mean it that way. He said, no, it's a good thing. I yeah. said, it helps you with fishing. But, uh, man, he's like, I thought I fished quicker. You pull up to a spot and just leave. And sometimes I, I do feel like I sit down and I'll fish the area and take my time. But it's like, oh, man, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. Something. They're biting. I'm telling you. It's like that internal clock. It's they are, I picture somewhere down the lake, you know, it's just, you got to run through the fog, that there's five pounders with their mouths open, and I'm over here dragging a shaky head, and I'm like, oh my God, why are we not over there, you know, we got, got to, go. to go, got and to go, over there, and it's the same they're thing. not there, That's sooner right. or later, if you, you, keep, you keep pushing through the fog, you're going to find them. That's right. So, it, it, off season, what, what'd you do? Take a minute, tell us what you did in the off season this year. Tell you the truth, I did a little bit of hunting. Uh, right. I didn't organize my tackle too much until the past two weeks, and that's what I've been doing. But uh, I actually got a, a more of a gun obsession this year, where uh-huh. uh, I was I was breaking down guns, I was changing scope mounts out. I was I did a lot more research on calibers, the bullets, and stuff. Like I went, I was breaking it down for some reason Ooh. because um, usually we have s- such a great off season where it's three to four months. We got plenty of time for sponsors. Didn't have that this and, year. Um, we only had about a month, so it, yeah. a month and a half. It was such a crunch for, you know, the phone calls and sponsors yeah. that um, it was almost like a relief to find a different hobby, which, I mean, we've, I've always had guns. I've always hunted, but I've never, I've never broke down like the calibers of bullet yeah. and brain size and stuff like that. And so it was just something you could do some research on yeah. to kind of free your mind, keep your mind busy. Sure. But at the same time, you're still doing work. So that was kind of one thing that I picked up in the off season. But uh really just been kind of piddling around, got the boat. It's actually getting wrapped right now. Ah. Um, organizing some tackle, uh, do a little bit of fishing here and there. Um, went and actually did a day on the lake for Bassmaster. That'll be coming out next January. Cool. Um, so been a little busy, but it hasn't been too bad. Can't complain at all. Good. Hmm. Well, you mentioned sponsors. What are some of your main sponsors going into the season? 
Uh, well, really, did not have any new add-ons to sponsors. Really, kind of keeping the same core group of sponsors. So, it, everybody who was with me has stayed with me. Um, Good. Rappel has really stepped it up. Die was top notch again. We still got Clarendon County. Um, one of my biggest sponsors that we're adding on to the team. All we added really one, and it's Sonar Pros. Um, I had them last ah. year. We were kind of just a, affiliated. Right. But this year, we've really jumped on board because I don't have a designated electronic sponsorship anymore with just one company. Right. Um, I'm actually going to be running all three brands of electronics. I'm yeah. running Hummingbird, Lawrence, and a Garmin. We, and that, it, that, it's, uh, that's on the queue because you, you have that little video out there, and I was looking at it, and I was really confused. So you had to talk about that for a little bit. So Absolutely. And that was what Sonar Pros helped me with. Was they rigged the bow. They're, they are my electronic sponsor, but they're a dealer. So cool. it's a different route in yeah. the industry. I think we're actually going to see some people start going that way. So uh, just kind of. Taking a, a different step in a different direction. Well, we got about six minutes, so I know we can cover this in six minutes. But since you mentioned the electronics and all, and you're running all three of them, you, you had a video out, and it was a really interesting video. And I sat there scratching my head, going, "Boy, this is getting complicated." Because you got to remember how to run all three of these. But go ahead, <laughs> take us through the front end, at least the front end. If we have time, you can do the console, but the front end of your boat, and talk about the electronics and all. Absolutely. Well, you know, I'm running three brands, but I'm only running I'm running three brands at the bow and just two at the console. Okay. I'm running a Lawrence and a Hummingbird at the console, and we'll start from the console okay. just All right. to make it simple. And sure. the only reason I'm running a Hummingbird is Lake Master mapping and side scan at the console because if the lake has a Lake Master's map, which is their mapping system, it's hands down the best in my opinion. And their side scan. I love their side scan. But what I do not like about the Hummingbird is their down imaging. I don't think it's really as crisp. Okay. And I don't like their waypoint management as much, um, where it's hard to export waypoints. I don't like all their symbols. Some of them are great symbols. But for the Lowrance, I'm using it for, like, the actual um, navigation. Okay. Like I like their GPS a lot better. I love their 2D sonar and their down imaging. I think their down imaging, like, you can tell the size of fish on their DI, oh, wow. where the Hummingbird just kind of shows a blob. And their waypoints, I can export regions, I can do different waypoints, and it's a much faster unit. And then to the bow, uh, numero uno, the Garmin Live Scope. <laughs> uh, that's on the top of the mount. I've got a, a good bit of reasons why that one's on the boat. That one doesn't need much explaining. Okay. I feel like you got to have some kind of forward-facing sonar. Then I have a Hummingbird at the bow as well, and it's for 360. Okay. Uh, I'm telling you, I, I use – the Garmin for vertical structure bait, or like when I'm forward, I can see my bait. I can, you're looking basically vertical in the water column. Okay. And I use the 360 for the structure on the bottom for contours. Like I can see where uh. there's a log at. Like if you're looking at the live scope, you'll just see a blip and you won't know what it is off the bottom. Okay. And you can look at that 360 and be like, oh my God, that's a log. And it's going down. A, you can see the break in the contours where it drops off into deep water. Right. And you can't really <laughs> tell that with live scope. So when you can, partner of the two of them like okay there's the end of the log right there and you pan over there oh man yeah there's a fish actually on an live scope so that's where those two help and then i have the lawrence up at the back at, at the bow as well and it's for the waypoints from okay. the back because it's got the faster system and the 2d sonar you know it sounds like a lot and the <laughs> biggest problem i know it's 
The biggest problem with learning all three of them is not necessarily learning how to use all their menus. Okay. It's their interference in frequency. Really? Oh. Um, you have to have a certain amount of spacing between each transistor because they're not the same brand. And so right. they shoot different frequencies, or sometimes they have overlapping frequencies, wow. which distorts the image. And so you have to find the right frequency and placement for each unit, and that's actually what takes more time than anything to, to dial those units in. And that's what Sonar Pros helps do. Absolutely. They Absolutely. take the questioning out of it. And your mounts. Your mounts are really, I mean. I, did it, you see that boat logic, the one at the bow? Yeah, I did. I did. It, it's it's like a tower. <laughs> well, it, it, it's just, I looked at it, you know, if you look at the Lake Fork footage from last year, I mean, you saw how much I was bent over, you know, you're right. staring down. Yes. Your neck hurts after a couple of days. Sure. So I told him, you know, I wanted to bring the units up a little bit. That way, to relieve that the neck pain, the eye relief, it's closer to your face. You could see the units much better. And we were always flush mounting our units into the boat, which, I mean, you have to basically, you're looking at your feet to right. look at the unit. Right, Which back in the day, all we did, we'd glance at it for five seconds at best, and then we'd fish for two hours, and we'd glance back at it, where now we're spending so much time. And it's just like any kind of truck. Taylor knows it. Taylor does not like stock trucks. When she sees a jacked up uh, one going back, she's like, man, that truck looks are you, pretty are good. Are you really going here? Are you going, going there? there. I, it, Roger, you know it too, though. Everybody likes a truck with a level one kid or jacked up. It just makes it look fat. You don't want to squat it. You just want to no. jack it up a little bit. Yep. And so that's what we're doing with the units now. We're just jacking them up. Oh, gosh, I can't believe he went there. And you just did. fell Can't for it, didn't you? He didn't even argue it. Oh, man. Uh, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about the the different frequencies and all, but that's something that's. Uh, I know, Taylor. I, I got the clock here. We got about a, we got about a minute left. We're good. We're good. It's your money. Awesome. And it was funny. We were talking the uh, uh, when we were texting back and forth, getting this thing set up. You said something about another. Maybe you might need another display. And I said, well, you could put one in front of the helm, facing forward, and you could just go, glance back at every once in a while. But that's too much effort for you. That would, that would be too much turning around. I have to, I have to turn my neck around too much. <laughs> it's all about being efficient. There you and go. Like I said, I'm not that impatient, I promise. Uh, no, of course not. <laughs> We're back to our prior conversation. Right to our prior conversation there. All right, well, let's um, let's stop it there because I, I do want you to talk about more like more about electronics and, and Taylor wants to get into Lake Fork and all. So everybody, y'all hang on, listen to music over the break, and we'll be back with more Patrick Walters and uh, Elite Series Bass Fishing. Y'all hang on. My bumper music. Ian got left out of the rotation this show. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. That's what happens when you're not down here in show prep. Oh, when you're not down here oh, for show prep. Don't even. You try going to two different co-ops and a college. Oh, I, you don't even want to go there with me. I just did. No, it's, it's useless. You'll lose every time, right, Patrick? She has no every clue time. what it's like when you get out of school, does she? It's not too bad. <laughs> I, I don't know, but. 
That is, I can see both sides. Out of school now, it's like, you definitely have different priorities, but in school, you have so much going on. You're staying busy. I feel like it's easier to stay on top of things, but you do have a lot going on, so. Uh, that's a that's a that's a good argument. I feel like we could debate that one out. We could debate like that could one too. out. Yeah, it might be fifty fifty. It might be a good split. How about that? No, you can't. No, I'm only going to give you one fifty. <laughs> right. No, we got what? Where is a winner? We got to figure it out. I like Rogers. He's sticking hard on his side. He's dug his feet. That's in right. Hand. We're gonna. I mean, we're gonna debate it. We, we spent so much time talking about boys. Off the air, and I gave you the fifty-fifty there, where you could support me and support Taylor. But I'm not going to give you fifty-fifty down the road. <laughs> I'm gonna, there, there will be some things where you're going to have to come over to my side on this stuff. No. Yeah. No. So we're not going to go into boys. Though. <laughs> you took a pounding off the air. Yeah, I did. Thank you so much for that, both Andy, of you. Andy gave you a pounding on the air. We're at least going to spare you the pounding off the air here. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Brandon didn't give me any trouble. Advice. Brandon didn't give me any trouble. He just, That's because Brandon doesn't know you have a boyfriend. Well, I don't see him giving me any trouble. should have told him. No, you shouldn't oh, have. He would. Next time he'll know. No. Of course Brandon been like, it'll That's be a, good. It'll be a deal <laughs> next time. <laughs> like, That's, and it was just like, all right. Yep. <laughs> On to more part of that. <laughs> all right. Go ahead, Taylor. Carry so, on. So, new season we talked about your sponsors, but you're going back to a place where – you had a really big accomplishment, 104 pounds, largest margin of victory in Bassmaster history on Lake Fork last November, and you're going back this season. I, I feel pretty good about going back to Lake Fork. I really do love that lake, but, but just because of how it sets up, I it it almost feels like home when you go to Lake Fork because it sets up so much like Santee Cooper. And Roger knows when we come to Santee, we're fishing shallow, oh, we're yeah. fishing cypress trees, we're fishing stumps. And that's really what Lake Fork is. Um, it's going to be completely different than the November tournament where we had such great success fishing offshore, fishing for suspended fish, and which I'm kind of I'm kind of glad because I feel like that tournament kind of opened up Pandora's box with technology and suspended fish. That those fish, since we have left there, um, <laughs> the last cast that I made in that tournament when I broke the the century mark and I was yeah. running back in. There were probably 20 boats right there, and as soon as I left, a couple of them followed, but the rest of them started fishing instantly. Really? Um, and I had people telling me that, like, that as they went back to a different boat landings, there was people fishing all the spots I was fishing, which you know that's going to happen. That's just what happens in the Elite Series tournament when somebody's catching fish okay. after the tournament, and it's public water. And that's what sure, sure. the sport's about. It's, you know, opening up and turning the page on a different chapter of bass fishing. And so – I feel like that kind of happened, so I'm kind of glad it is a bit of, at a different time of year. That way, I'm not going in with history of like, oh gosh, you know, I know okay. those fish are there, let me go fish for them. And those fish are probably long gone. That <laughs> it's going to be shallow, they're going to probably be spawning, might be some post spawn. Okay. Which, like back to Santee Cooper, that's how I love to fish, and yeah. that's why I'm excited to be going at a different time because I think we're just going to be migrating in, fishing shallow, and who doesn't love fishing shallow? And that, and that's. Kind of what Brandon said. He, he said it's. He said you could have numerous guys catching that many fish, more fish, you know, because it's going to be just a little bit earlier. I don't think Texas has had quite as cold a winter this time around. And he said, you know, he said it, it, you could have a lot of guys catching a lot of fish in a lot of heavy bags, 
hundred percent. If it comes through, and in his, you know, his, his victory was you know, two weeks separated from when y'all gonna be here, so he's got a little bit more. But he pretty much said the same thing. He said, "I'm not." He said, "I'm gonna try to stay away from fishing history." Good, and that's the biggest thing is, I feel like the the weights as a whole for the entire field will be much higher, and it'll be way more consistent. Where I think anybody can go down the bank, and everybody's gonna catch fish. That's where in the fall it was such a tough tournament, yeah. where the fish were suspended, and honestly, catching suspended fish is probably the most hardest fish to find and to catch in general. Right. Um, and I, I don't know why that is, but. <laughs> They just get so isolated in areas where the fall is just tough. It's so hit or miss. But in the springtime, it, it makes you wonder, where do these fish come from? You know, because <laughs> for the rest of the year, you can't find can't them. Find you them. can't catch them. Yeah. And so and then I'll, and Santee's Cooper is a great example of that. Because yes. When they come up to spawn, you're like, oh, my God, I'm, I've never seen this many That's fish. That's right. Yeah. But then, like, you go out there right now, and you're going to get five bites a day, and you're going to be pretty happy with it. So. Yeah. And you're going to think there's no fish in the lake. I've thought that a many a times, and <laughs> many a times. Well, you you, you kind of went into that a little bit with the, the suspended fish and and the electronics and all. And there's been a ton of articles written about your win and how you know the, the use of electronics has changed and going forward it's going to be different. And and at the same time now, just like you said, everybody was fishing right where you left off, and so uh, the fish will adjust. I mean you. You came up on something that was new. Fish had never seen it before. Now the fish are going to have seen it. So take a little bit of time, I don't know, three or four minutes, talk about how you found those fish, and do you think that's ever going to play out, I mean, as as big as it was last November going forward somewhere? Um, I definitely don't think it'll ever play out as big as it did because – the weirdest thing about that tournament that I couldn't wrap my head around was that I was the only one on that pattern. Um, because yeah. everywhere I went on the lake, I could find the fish. And I was just, everybody, like we talked about, everybody's had this technology for three to five years now. Right. And so it, it just makes you wonder why did nobody else get onto that pattern? And now that we've opened that box and we've caught, we've seen what could happen when you do that. Yeah. I think multiple people will be on that in a tournament now, okay. or they'll at least be looking for it. So it'll never be, that sweeping of a margin, I would say. So people are going to definitely catch them. But technology in general, I think we're going to see a difference in electronic sponsors. I think there's going to be a lot of people running multiple units and multiple brands at the bow. Um, forward-facing sonar is going to be making a huge push because you feel like you're getting left out almost if you don't have it, which, sure. I mean, fishing professionally, you don't need it at a, at a, at a local level or just if you're just fishing for fun. But fishing professionally, it helps us cut down the learning curve on new bodies of water okay. um, when we've never been there before. So it definitely helps, you know, bait awareness and all that. I think that's going to change um, the technology <laughs> as a whole. And just even like fork, it'll definitely be different to see kind of what happens and how everything shakes down. But I don't know. That's why I'm excited to be going back <laughs> at a different time of year, truly, because I don't want to have to chase those ghosts. Right. I want to go shallow and just. Go fishing. Just just hammer the bank. You know, I was I was I texted with your dad just a little bit while you were out there in Lake Fork and all and he, and and then watching live and all. And and they made a point that you can just see fish that other people don't see. So tell us a little bit, just take a minute, what were you seeing down there that kind of put you onto this suspended fish on structure stuff? 
Well, I call them blobs, but on that on the Garmin livescope, you know, it's shooting out 80 feet, 80 feet in front of the boat, and it shows the water column. It's a vertical picture. Okay. Um, and you would literally, you'd be going into a cove or you'd be going around a point or something, and there'd be standing timber out there, and okay. you just kind of pan around, and it's shooting a 20-degree cone angle straight in front of the trolling motor. Okay. Um, so it's like a beam straight in front of the trolling motor. Wherever the trolling motor's pointing is where it's looking. And so I'd go around a point and I'd look over there and I'd see some timber and it'd be over 30 foot of water sometimes and there'd just be five blobs, which they would, it'd be five fish sitting on one tree. And I'm like, those have got to be bass. And so I would throw at them. They wouldn't move. I'd throw something different and they wouldn't move. I'd throw a jerk bait in there and they'd, they'd, they'd it. start getting, <laughs> they'd definitely get interested. Yeah. And then you'd throw a different jerk bait or, you know, one that had the right depth to it okay. and I'm telling you when you triggered it would be like hitting a hornet's nest I mean they would just start swimming around oh and then you finally hook one and it's like a seven pounder and you're like oh my gosh like this is this is something real and then I started running around the lake and you'd find just you'd find pockets and areas that had just small groups of fish it'd be say two to five fish schools so okay. not big okay. not large numbers you know what and I got to have a school of 100 fish sure just two to five fish, and they'd just be on isolated trees, and that's really what I was fishing, just running around fishing for those small packs of fish. Because if you can get fish to compete with one another, you're going to get that fish to bite. If it's a single fish, it's really kind of hard. If he's not in that mood to eat, I don't I don't care what you do. It's You're not going to get that fish to bite. But if you can get them to compete and get them fired up, it's a guarantee. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I, I hate I wasn't I that was one of those things I thought, Oh man, I could go down for that. I was like, That's just a long way to go and then I didn't go and then you won and I hate I wasn't there, but man, we were there was a lot of people back here in South Carolina Route and that was a fun tournament yeah. to watch. Fun well, tournament you. to watch. I'm glad you were able to follow along. Yeah. I, I wish you could have been there. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I would have had to take you off our boat right afterwards for that one. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> I still I'm, gotta owe you for that one. I'm not ready for another boat ride quite yet. <laughs> <laughs> well look, okay, we ended up just like we wanted to. I got about a minute, uh minute and a half. Okay, we're we're kinda set into this thirties and fifties or forties and sixties for foreseeable future here in South Carolina. Somebody wants to go out and catch some bass. What do they need to do and what do they need to throw? Um, definitely look at the weather right now. It's going to be consistent, which is good. We don't have any crazy warming trends, so the fish are going to kind of maintain a stable pattern for the next two or three weeks. Um, the crankbait bite should be really picking up right now. Um, and shallow crankbaits from DT10s to DT6s to a square bill, um, crawl colored is just what I love this time of year. And if you can throw an Alabama rig, like a, an umbrella rig, that's, <laughs> that sucker catches them. Um, if you don't like throwing it, you don't have to, um, but A-Rig will catch some of the best fish. This is the best time of year to throw it, um, and I'd also say a suspending jerk bait. Why not? It worked at Fork, and I went out to Santee Cooper a couple days ago, and it worked out there. So I know that's still catching them, and if you like dragging a jig, but uh, focusing on more main lake areas okay. where uh, you're out front of, say, the spawning areas, so where they're going to kind of start to transition back. Um, just find kind of some transition banks, main lake points, that kind of stuff. Um, get in, say, 10 to 6 foot of water yeah, and go to town. Great Take stuff. the wind, by the way, too. Great stuff. All right, folks, thanks for tuning in. You can catch up with the Elite Series all year long on Fox Sports. And uh, as always, make time to get out there. Take the back roads when you can. Don't forget that camera. We'll see you back here next week. More Woods and Water, South Carolina. Get me from.
high as I'm 